Welcome to the Bridgeway Church Podcast. My name is David Bowden, and along with one or several members of the church staff, I get to host conversations about how Bridgeway is seeking to fulfill its mission to exalt Christ in this city. If you are a member of Bridgeway, we hope this helps you more deeply engage with what God is doing in our midst. And if you aren't a part of Bridgeway, we hope you feel welcome and that our discussions may lead to more Christ-glorifying ministry in your own context. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to a very special episode of the Bridgeway Podcast. Uh, Here at Bridgeway Church, we hosted the first of our uh, connected seminars in January of 2020, and we wanted to share that with you today. So I've got our Director of Family Ministries here, Krista Meyer, ready to tell us all about connected seminars and what we are about to hear, not only today, but over the next several weeks as we address a new topic. So First off, welcome. How are you? Hi, thanks. Yeah. I'm doing good. Good. So what is the Connected Seminar series at Bridgeway? Okay, so at Bridgeway, we say a lot that we're a diverse spiritual family. Mm-hmm. And so our Connected Seminars are a way of celebrating diversity. Um, so we recognize that we are um, diverse in our ethnicity, in our gender, in our gifting, in mm. our ages. But we also want to talk a little bit about life stages. Yeah. And so um, our Connected Seminars are celebrating three life stages. We're celebrating singleness, um, marriage, and parenting. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then the first of that in that list was singleness, which yes. is the theme of this first connected seminar, as well as this series of podcasts we're about to go through. Yes. And that's so right. why singleness? Why did we choose that as the connected in seminar series and putting it on the mm. podcast? Why is this something we need to be talking about? Yeah. So um, to be honest, I was a little surprised by the topic of singleness. Mm. I felt like the Lord just really put it kind of in front of us. Um, this is a life stage that is oftentimes um, not talked about. Mm-hmm. So um and, and we, I feel like there's some really important things to understand, some important um, conversations to have. There's some unique challenges, but there's also some really unique um, celebrations yeah. and ways to embrace that life stage. And so I think we uh, we talk about family ministry and we really quickly jump to, oh, well, it all starts at marriage or it all starts at parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we realize like, you know, our whole life is about being a spiritual family. Definitely. Um, and so it's good for us to really talk about this stage of singleness and what God wants for us in that stage of life. Um, and and to be able to come alongside our brothers and sisters and really be connected with where they're at. I love that. And we don't really, do we know what, what we're doing next in the Connected Seminar world? We just know that it's coming or do we know what's yes, next? Yes. So our next thing will be marriages. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. And I guess yeah. it's been really neat to have a conversation about singleness before we go into marriages, yeah. mm-hmm. because I think our conversations coming, um, going into marriages or the conversations coming out of marriages mm-hmm. is going to be totally different now that we have spent significant time mm-hmm. um, in a room with single leaders at Bridgeway who have shared so much of their heart, um, the hard things and the really great things about singleness. It has reframed my, um, my thoughts and hearts for the life stage of singleness. And it, I mean, honestly, it has made me reevaluate, reevaluate my heart and Mm. the places where I hold marriage as, 
as an idol in my life where it should be pointing me to the ultimate marriage Mm. where my ultimate intimacy and satisfaction is like I have just had my my heart reshaped through um, this singleness seminar yeah same absolutely same so we're really excited to take you as a listener and put you into this connected seminar room and let you listen first to um, Hannah Chang talk about what I want you to know about singleness and then on the next episode we will have you listen to Andy Edwards talk about singleness in community. So you'll listen to these uh, connected seminars. We hope they really enrich you as they have us. And then we'll meet you on the back end of those to kind of sit down more live conversation style to have a couple podcasts to talk more about the topic of singleness. So thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. Hi, so like Krista said, my name is Hannah. I've been at Bridgeway since 2013 and I've been on staff as an event coordinator for the past three and a half years. So single brothers and sisters, I'm really, really glad you're here. Um, To start off, I want you to join me in a thought experiment. When you heard the name of this topic, what I want you to know about singleness, what came to mind for you? What are you hoping we talk about tonight? What would you say if this was your spot? So hold on to those thoughts for a few seconds. So here's the truth. I'm probably going to disappoint a lot of you. When I first received this topic from Krista, I determined that I was going to be as broad and extensive as possible. I was going to share all the things that singles in in the church want their married brothers and sisters to know. But Holy Spirit has been really kind and gracious to take me to a more specific place. And um, even if I tried to cover all the things, I would fail, because I would um, fail to mention a lot of really important things that are um, personal to you. To my married brothers and sisters, this might be unfamiliar territory for you to be in this place where we're talking about singleness, where maybe your personal story reflects the majority married culture in our church. So I want to acknowledge that and thank you for being here and willing to listen. Some of the things that I'm going to be ending with tonight and some of the things that Andy's going to be sharing might be challenging for you, so be asking the Holy Spirit to prepare your heart as we continue. I also want to give a big shout out to some of my married friends out there who have been very intentional and loving their single friends well. Everything we're going to be talking about tonight is familiar to you, so thank you, thank you for coming and supporting this event. So the past few weeks have not been super fun for me as a single adult and have been filled with some ups and downs. And in sharing those stories with some dear friends, I ran into these two responses over and over again. Number one, you will be married eventually. And number two, there is someone out there for you. I've been told this in pretty much every conversation I have ever had with a married person about singleness and dating and marriage. I've also heard this from some of my single friends too. You will be married. There is someone out there for you. So I know that the men and women who say these things to me are seeking to encourage me. They want to remind me of God's sovereignty and his goodness and that he hears my prayers. So why am I bringing this up? Is it because I am somehow wildly offended when someone says this to me? Well, no. But something does stir in me every time I hear this, and namely that I don't think that's true. So we're gathered here today to let the Bible stand as our final authority on all matters of life and godliness. So what does the Bible say? So let's talk about singleness first. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul writes that singleness and marriage are both gifts from God and that one is not better than the other. It actually says in the Bible that marriage isn't better than singleness. It act, um, he tells the Corinthians that in light of earthly realities, he would rather they remain single. So 1 Corinthians 7, 6 through 9. There we go. 
Now as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So let's stop there for a moment. Does that ring true? Do we really believe that's what the Bible says, or do we just pretend it's there but like not really live it out? Both are gifts, and both are from God. So let me say here that I would have been wildly offended if someone told me that singleness was a valid gift from God when I was younger. So if that doesn't sit well with you, please stick with me. So when we're talking about gifts from God, what exactly are we talking about? Are gifts guaranteed to every believer? Are they earned? Well, no. We know that salvation is a gift, John 3. Children are a gift, Psalm 127. Marriage and singleness are gifts, 1 Corinthians 7. The abilities to administer, serve, teach, prophesy, speak in tongues, interpret dreams, those are all gifts, 1 Corinthians 7 or 12 and Romans 12. So if the Bible tells us what some of these gifts are, what does it say about pursuing them? Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 to pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. If we're talking about salvation, Jesus urges his disciples in Luke 10 to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers out to the field or proclaimers of the gospel to the lost. So we see that we're exhorted to earnestly desire and pray for good gifts, but are by no means guaranteed a particular gift. And what else do we know about gifts? With the exception of the most precious gift of salvation, we know that this life includes loss and grief. People die. Provision dries up. The expression of spiritual gifts in our life can change, and relationships are broken. So gifts are not earned. They're not guaranteed for a season or even guaranteed for life, except for salvation. So what are some of the other truths we want to be thinking about when we're talking about singleness? So what is true is that God works all things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, Romans 8. God knows where we sit down and when we rise. Even before a word is on our tongues, he knows it. Psalm 139. You don't have to read the Bible all that closely to see that God is really good at being close to his people when they wish things were different. Even Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will, but yours be done when faced with the cross. We know that God hears us when we pray according to his will, 1 John 5, and that even his own spirit is interceding for us according to his own will, Romans 8. We know that our prayers may not be answered in the way we think they will. We only have to look at all of the Bible and all of human history to know that God's ways are higher than our ways, that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, Isaiah 55. In all the recent conversations I've had where I left feeling like guaranteed marriage was implied, I was also convicted about how little I pray for marriage. So to all of you out there who are praying to be married, remarried, for a spiritual gift, for children, Let's be people who believe that God hears us when we pray and that he really is a good father. So where can we land with all of this? We can land that while marriage is a great picture of our relationship with God, singleness is also a stellar picture of this relationship, of the gospel. If the desire for marriage exists in a single adult, it mirrors our desire as believers to meet our eternal bridegroom. It's a picture of our entire time on earth as we wait to be united to Christ. 
My married brothers and sisters, do you long for your bridegroom? Do you long for the greater story that earthly marriages foreshadow? Single brothers and sisters, can you soak in the truth that the God who called you from death to life also looks at you and calls you his bride? There's no waiting or testing period in this love relationship with Christ. There's no texting, no guesswork, sorry I changed my mind, this isn't going to work anymore, or goodbyes with Jesus. If you are a Christian, whether married or single, what is true is that God pursued you to be his own. The beauty of the gospel stirs my heart in a really special way when I'm wrestling through what are sometimes painful circumstances of singleness, dating, and a desire for marriage. I remind myself that I'm in Christ, not because I'm better than the next person or come from the right family. He has rescued me from an eternity separated from him and has done everything necessary for me to be an adopted daughter of the creator of the universe in the most amazing family that is the church, the bride of Christ. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. For when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. No one can look at scripture and confirm whether someone will be married or remarried. What is true is that only God knows our future. To tell a single friend that they will get married is actually not different from telling someone who wants a child that they will have a baby. Or telling a friend who's unemployed that they will absolutely get their dream job. Those are things we don't know, that we can't know. And like I said, God never promised that in scripture. We don't want to be people who keep kicking the can of hope down the road, saying hope in this or hope in that or it will be here one day. We want to be people who can sit in the reality of unanswered prayers, unmet desires, of deep loss and great grief, and have the Holy Spirit be our comforter, our counselor, and our guide. I also want to mention that there may be some of you who believe that you received a revelation from the Lord regarding future marriage for a single friend. We believe in prophetic revelation here at Bridgeway. Praise the Lord that he has spoken to you. But at a minimum, we would tell you, you should keep that between you and the Holy Spirit. God can speak to us about things that we are not to share, but instead use as direction for prayer. So pray for your single friend that God will orchestrate their lives, that they will meet, that they will date well, and that they will eventually marry. So you might be thinking now, how am I supposed to talk to my single brothers and sisters about singleness? Well, first off, I'm asking you to mainly listen. But in light of that, here are some helpful hints. And these might be helpful whether you're married or single. So I've titled this next section, How to Have a Loving Conversation with a Single Adult, a few suggestions. These questions will be up on the screen so you can follow along. You might start off with, we've never talked about this before, but I care and love for you. Um, but I care and love you and want to know what life is like for you as a single adult. So do you want to be married? If so, are you dating? How's that going? What's been hard? If your friend is dating online, what are you looking for in a profile? What do you like about the website or app you're using? Would you be willing to be set up? Could I be a part of your team? So when I say team, I'm referring to the trusted group of friends that have been welcomed, been given permission, and blessed by a single adult to set them up on dates. So here's my side note. 
Please ask, don't assume the answer to these two questions. And also, don't ask these questions if you're not willing and ready to hear no. Your friend may say yes. If so, great. So maybe your friend doesn't want to be married. What has that journey been like? When did you first think that your future might not include marriage? What has God taught you in the midst of that? How has care in the church been for you during your separation? Do you feel like you can talk about the realities of life after divorce in our community group, or does that feel taboo? How have people supported you well? What has been disappointing? How have things changed over time for you? When is grief the hardest for you, whether because of divorce, widowhood, or simply because of loneliness? What has it been like for you here at Bridgeway? Maybe if you're from a different church, what has it been like for you in that church family? What's it been like for you in this community group? If they're not in a community group, maybe ask them why. How and when have you felt included or excluded? Do you think that our community group is centered around the nuclear family? What do you wish would change at Bridgeway or in this community group? Community group leaders, in a future gathering, I'd really encourage you to ask the single adults in your group these questions and have them share their thoughts. And we'll provide these questions on our resource link on our website, if you would like them. Ask them what they thought of when I opened with my initial question of what came to their mind when they heard this topic of what, do I, want, what I want you to know about singleness. So really quick, here are a few thoughts to close. These are my lightning round of things of things single adults in the church might want you to know. So number one, if you are planning any sort of get-together that includes plus ones, please let your attendees bring any sort of guest, not a significant other. I'm really conscious of this when I create staff invites for our Christmas parties. And as an extroverted introvert and a self-proclaimed pro at attending events by myself, going to holiday parties has become really hard over the past few years. Please let people like me bring a friend instead of telling us we must attend alone if we are not in a relationship. Number two, if they have a medical appointment that seems scary, offer to go with them. Even those with children and family members close by might not have someone who's willing to drive them and be there for them. Like Jonathan, I had a medical appointment that I wasn't allowed to drive myself to, and it meant so much to me when I had a friend say that she would always drive me if I ever had a need. Number three, celebrate their lives. People should not have to have a wedding in order to be celebrated. So whether it's job changes, moving houses, a birthday, maybe a special anniversary, be creative. So my C group a few years back hosted a farewell party for me whenever I went off to seminary for a couple semesters, and I'll never forget just the way that they encouraged me, the way they prayed for me, and the way they blessed me in sending me off. So speaking of weddings, number four, know that weddings can be hard for all of your single friends, maybe especially after a broken engagement or a divorce. Offer to drive together, sit with them, and be sensitive. Please, 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 please. Don't ask, when will it be your turn? <laughs> Number five, realize that your single brothers and sisters don't have the kind of regular physical contact that is common in your life as a married person and or a parent. So hug your single friends. It might be the most physically intimate thing that they experience that week. So be generous with affection, but obviously don't be weird. <laughs> Number six, let's stop asking singles and why are you still single? You're so beautiful or handsome or talented. That's a really strange way of asking us to consider that God isn't good or sovereign in our lives. 
Number seven, it's not uncommon for the topic of singleness to be treated lightly by married friends with patronizing and dismissive remarks. Like, marriage is so much harder than you think it will be. Don't wish for it. Or, heck, I wish I was still single like you. Circumstances of singleness are not funny, and they're not beneath you. So I've had to ask some really close friends to not laugh when I bring up the topic of singleness, and they've been so gracious at responding with humility and honesty. And in these conversations, whether it's with a man or a woman, don't freak out if your friend starts to cry, really and truly. Welcome their tears and sit with them in their emotions. Also, your single friends might not want to talk about singleness in any given moment, but just keep inviting them into your lives, your homes, your conversations, your families, and have them share when they want to. And finally, eight, ask them how you can be praying for them and really, truly pray for them. So I realize some of those points might have come out really fast, and some of you are really great at already walking great sensitivity alongside your single friends. But some of you may be recognizing that you've actually done the opposite of what I've suggested. Maybe you've done it this week. I don't want you to walk away feeling shame and condemnation, but rather rejoice that you are leaving more aware of how to love your friends well and invite the Holy Spirit to lead you on that journey. Single brothers and sisters, this may be the first time some of you have heard this perspective on singleness. So I'd encourage you to ask the Lord to reveal, reshape, and revision your understanding of singleness, his sovereignty, and his goodness. Thank you for listening to the Bridgeway Podcast. For more information about Bridgeway Church, we invite you to visit bridgewaychurch.com or you can follow us on social media at bridgewayokc. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your podcast app as it helps other people like you find our program. So on behalf of all the staff here at Bridgeway, I'm David Bowden saying thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.